Hello everybody and welcome to episode 38 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I am the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And I am Dan Alika. I am Ro Whoa. Did you forget your name? Yes. And Auto your title? Auto Trader's Road Test Editor. Let's wow. just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Usually this happens to me. I can't get sentences out properly, but for some reason, you're infected now. You know what? 37 episodes, and now we're into the 38th. I'm entitled to a little slip-up. That's true. You I'm know. at like 10 slip-ups already, so you're already doing pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> so today, Dan and I will be talking about our favorite top 10 underappreciated cars. So these are vehicles we think we really like and are very good for various different reasons, but for some reason don't get the love they deserve um, in terms of sales or, you know, from other media and such. Um, so this it's is kind pretty, of a fun... Yeah, it's subjective. This isn't like the last one, you know, the last episode was discontinued cars. You know, that's objective and just fact-based this one is you know vehicles that jody and i have driven uh have had exposure to that were like wow this is really good and it was actually born of a certain car um that i think we're going to talk about first yeah uh that i was driving and i loved it so much that i was like jody return the car that you're driving early so that you can take this car from me for a few days because it is so good. I wanted to share the love. Yeah, and Dan said that this was the best car he had driven all year. All year. Which is such high praise coming from Dan because he drives like dozens and dozens and dozens of new cars every year. So that's... So should we tell them what it is? Dun, 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 dun. The Toyota Crown. So and everyone's like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> I think even people at Toyota are saying that. So <laughs> it is a sedan... Uh, the is it? The Crown, yes. The Crown name was, uh, has been in use in other parts of the world, namely Toyota's home market of Japan, for a very long time, since like the 50s. Uh, the Crown used to be sold in North America, in Canada and the US, but it went away in like the mid-60s or something like that. So there is just like no cachet here. People don't know what it is. Um it doesn't really make sense to bring a sedan, you know, to, to the market when everybody wants SUVs these days. Right. But it is just so well executed. I think it's so well built. Um, it everything about very, it. It was very smooth and comfortable and insanely efficient. It yeah. was so efficient. So it only comes as a hybrid and it comes standard with all-wheel drive, which is very cool. Yeah. And it's, uh, so there's two two versions of the hybrid powertrain. There's like a, you know strictly like efficiency first one uh and then there's a what toyota calls like a hybrid max powertrain but it pairs a turbocharged engine with some electric motors so it's a little bit more of a performance one but it burns way less gas than you know an equivalent like uh, what you would normally expect from a car like that it's super well built there's all kinds of great stuff um in terms of like features and amenities and it's so cheap like, it was surprisingly affordable. So the one that we tested was the... So there's only two trims in Canada. There's the XLE uh, and the Platinum. But then the XLE, you can add a limited package. So the one we had had the limited package, and it was like 53 grand before tax. It just... it like It's like a bargain Lexus. Yeah. It was crazy. It's super quiet, super smooth. Suspension's great. 
everything about it I loved except the headroom. Right. It was hilariously uh, crazy, especially in the back. In the back I was yeah. like sitting with my neck twisted. And so, like, we really liked it, but why? A, don't people know about it? And why didn't it get a lot of love? I think it's because that, like, it arrived really quietly and yeah. there's been no advertising around it. So, like, people just aren't aware that it's even here. I think, like, this was one of those, like, Accio Toyota was on his way out, you know, and went, we're building this car, we're going to sell it everywhere. And then, like, all of the, you know, regional mm. divisions of Toyota had to say yes. Yeah. So it came here and it's like, well, okay, it's here now. I mean, it's interesting too because like obviously a lot of people like SUVs now and crossovers. And so to bring a sedan, um, but it, it is kind of an interesting looking sedan. Like it's kind of like a, a jacked up sedan. But it's not. The funny thing is that's all visual. It yeah. actually has, I believe, I could be wrong. It's I think it's a little less, but either way, it's in the same ballpark in terms of like ride height as the Camry. It's interesting because it looks so much more like upright and yeah. taller than a traditional sedan. I thought the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I dug into it a bit and they're very similar. But I think the Camry has actually a little bit more ground clearance. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just like super cool. I dig it. It's funny because in the last episode we talked about the Nissan Maxima going away. I honestly think you could rip the Toyota badge off of it and tell people that was the next gen Maxima. And they'd be like, checks out. Yeah, I Like it see has that, that look. Um, which isn't, I, I wrote this in the review. It's not an insult to either brand or either car. It's just one of those cool, it proves that it doesn't look like anything else in the Toyota lineup. It is very unique. It, yeah. Not only doesn't it look like anything in the Toyota lineup, there's nothing in the whole like industry that looks like it right now. And it's funny because when I was driving it that weekend, you gave it to me. I kept like, Chris and I kept saying like, I like it, but I also don't like it. Like there's something weird about it. Um, but it didn't take away from the fact that it was just such a solid, good car. Yeah, super underappreciated. Very much so. Um, the next one I kind of put on this list, it's the Mitsubishi Mirage. Yep. And so I know a lot of people make fun of this vehicle because it's like very cheap inside and outside. Like it's a, it's a tin can of a car, yeah. but here's why I think it's underrated. First of all, it's the last vehicle in its class that is standing. And yeah. I, I really love these very affordable new cars because it opens up the possibility of new car ownership for so many people, students, new immigrants, all sorts of people who need affordable transportation. And there's a certain like honesty to that car that I can really appreciate. And we have a friend who Clayton owns he one, bought and one and he loves it. I drove one not too, maybe like a year or two ago, and it was, it was super efficient. It yeah. was actually very fun to drive. You loved it. I, I loved it. It you was so fun. You hopped out of that thing feeling so chuffed. I remember. I And it was bright yellow, so it was like a very cheerful car. And it had no features. It had a crank key, like really bare bones. But I think there's room in the market for, for stuff like that. Yeah. I'm really sad that, you know, it's the last one available. Yeah, but yeah, I'd say that's an underappreciated. And, and to, that one's different. Like the crown is like it's underappreciated, but it's like I wouldn't say it's like people are doing themselves a disservice by not knowing right. about it. But the Mirage is one of those cars where it's like, if you are in the market for a vehicle and you're not looking at the Mirage, especially like you said, if you're you know in a situation where affordability matters most, then yes, you're getting a warranty on this, you know, fun little 
hatchback that you can get with a manual that's a good yeah. car to learn stick. And it's great because there it has no features. That means there's less to go wrong, right? Yeah. Like there's just so many things that I think this Mirage brought and it always gets dumped on because it's so cheap. But like yeah. that's its job is to yeah. be cheap. And if that's its job, it's nailing it. It's doing it well. <laughs> uh, next up is one that was like, we talked about this because, okay, it's not underappreciated by us, which, I mean, is kind of the theme of this. Um, this one best overall truck in the 2023 Auto Trader Awards, the Ford Maverick, I think it checks so many boxes for so many people. The one big one that I will never, well, maybe not never, but as of yet, um, I hold Ford responsible for, you know, just like really blowing it on this one is that it you can get it with a hybrid powertrain but not with all-wheel drive it's the same hybrid powertrain that you can get with the ford escape and i asked ford why no why no all-wheel drive with this hybrid and the spokesperson got back to me and said there is nothing from an engineering perspective stopping us from offering it it all comes down to customer demand and my thing is this how the hell are customers supposed to know it's an option? They're not going to demand something yeah. if they don't think that the car company can build it. But it's also like, this is Canada. The take rate for all-wheel drive is like, what, 80%? It's something like that? And so for them not to offer it all-wheel drive, I feel like was really kind of dooming it from the get-go um, because it, it's so good and it's so efficient and it's like very clever truck. I told you... We, we had this, Jody and I had this conversation in the office um, a few weeks ago where you just asked me, like, if you had to buy a new car, because I, I love my, my golf wagon, I'm not planning on getting rid of it anytime soon, but you said, if you had to replace it tomorrow with a brand new vehicle, you know, something realistic, not, you know, just like whatever, yeah. um, something that like made sense financially and fit your life and whatever, what would it be? And I kind of like... I thought about it for a minute and I was like, I think the Ford Maverick, but with the caveat that I would want the hybrid, hybrid all wheel drive. drive. Yeah. Because I look at that and go, I could get a tailgate pad and put my bike in the back and be able to take it riding. You know, it's got enough space for me. I don't have kids, so it's not like I have to worry about all kinds of room. Mm -hmm. You can get a cap for it. Like there's lots of, it's, it's a versatile vehicle. Um, I like it more than the Hyundai Santa Cruz, which is like a similar mm -hmm. compact pickup truck. Uh, and the hybrid just makes so much sense. But yeah, I would want if I, it's one of those weird things. I'm not saying, oh, it's a truck and it needs, you know, to be a four by four, but it's like it, it to me should be all wheel drive, especially because I've driven the escape hybrid and it has had no penalty on it's different toyota uses a dedicated electric motor for the rear wheels and it's all-wheel drive hybrids the ford setup is the same mechanical all-wheel drive system that you'd get in a gas-powered escape but for whatever reason it's just like got a whole bunch of magic working and it's crazy efficient the you drove the maverick hybrid and and burned next to no gas yeah i was getting like 5.9 liters per 100 it's kilometers insane. and that was in the winter on winter tires it's insane so that to me is kind of the you know the perfect vehicle in my books to to replace my golf wagon but 
without all-wheel drive I just it does not make yeah. sense to me well especially for you because you you take it on trails like nothing too hardcore yeah, but, but I like, go camping with my yeah. buddies and you need like a little something to get to get to these remote spots the other thing I'll say about the um about the Maverick so this year Ford launched a Tremor package which has become sort of like the you know the off-road package it's like a step above the FX4 but it's not a Raptor. It's just kind of like a little bit more. It's got some some extra off-road goodies. But for whatever reason, so you can only get the Tremor package with the gas powertrain. Um, and I think it has to do with the rear differential that's, that's required for the all-wheel drive system. You cannot get the maximum tow package with the Tremor package, which to me is so bizarre because... If I don't know if you've got a couple dirt bikes or something like that, and that's why you want this yeah. tremor is to both look the part and be able to to go to like some I don't know some off road park somewhere to only be able to tow two thousand yeah. pounds with it is you, so dumb. Maybe they're just doing it on purpose to force you to get a bigger truck, like get an F one fifty or something. I think it has to do with that rear differential, but like Ford, you know, when I asked them, they were like, "Yes, that's true." And I was like, but that's not what I'm asking you. They didn't give you. you a reason. And then they went, yeah, but you can't get the packages together. And I'm like, okay, what a weird, <laughs> do not look behind the curtain. Like yeah. it was very Wizard of Oz and bizarre. Very Anyways. strange. Uh, this next one I know you'll agree with. Yes. We think every minivan oh. is underrated. Absolutely. And so I grew up, like my family had minivans growing up and like. Tell them the story about the, your dad being ahead of the game. With the VCR and the TV. We had a VCR in our minivan. And for my parents, it was like a godsend because we were so quiet during our family road trips. And this wasn't like, this was, the point is that This Jody's, was like in the early 90s. Jody's dad, good old Francis Lai, he was a, a, a renaissance man of yeah. the of the in-car entertainment. Uh, and he, he kind of you know, cobbled this setup together before you could buy a dedicated. Yep. And you know. I, we were, it was just the coolest thing, but also like minivans are so practical. It's got sliding doors. So your kids will never ding the doors when they're getting out and getting in. Do you like that? I called your dad Francis. The His name is Frank. Yeah. But, but as a, as a minivan Renaissance. Yeah. It man, makes sense. Like it, it's a little, like a little classy. Yeah. It, it elevates it. Just I that like one it. Step further. I'm going to tell him you said that. Okay. Wait, um, don't tell him. Just get him to listen to Own the Road with Otter Trader, where sure we make car stuff simple actually. for Canadians. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know why people are so hung up on minivans being uncool. I think it's like that whole thing of rejecting what your parents, you know, thought was. But it's funny because it's like you look at fashion these days, you know, That's and it's true. like all this like 90s, you know, what was laughed at is now like cool. And it's like, I don't know, but we saw the same thing kind of happen with wagons. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's really, honestly, I say it every time I review a minivan, like the only person or people you're doing a disservice to, you know, it's you and your family by not considering a minivan. Yeah. Uh, there are still not, there aren't as many options as there once were, but all of them have their merits. Oh, absolutely. I think there's only three of them left now. The Sienna, the Pacifica, and the Odyssey? No, and the and the Kia Carnival. Oh, yeah, the Kia Carnival. Yeah. So there's four now. Yeah, and yeah. they're all great. They're all so practical. Yeah. And if you're looking for a, a family vehicle where you can actually comfortably fit 
seven, eight people and all their stuff. You can't go wrong with a minivan. No, they're amazing. I just, I, I have long, we, you know, growing up, we had a caravan was like the first, um, I think that's what my parents had when I was born, mm. um, which was like the first minivan. Uh, and then we grew up with a Chevy Lumina, which was just awesome. I loved it. We had a couple. We had an OG uh, Mazda M MPV, I think oh, they called those it were at so the time. Cool. Yeah. We also had an Odyssey at one point. We had a Sienna at one point. Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't a Sienna. It was the Previa. 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 We the had one van. of those. Yeah. Mid-engine. That was so cool. That's wild. Um, it's they... funny, though, because my dad couldn't pronounce Previa, so he just called it the Pifu. I mean, it works. <laughs> You I know, thought it was really I cute. love going to Japan and seeing how much love there still is for vans there. Yeah, they, like, they get it. There's so many options um, and tiny ones and big. Anyways, it's, it's. I love those little tiny minivans. Oh, They're so cute the little, with the little stumpy nose. Yeah, Very little, cute. Little cave vans. Anyways, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, don't don't get us started. We could talk about minivans for a long time. Um, I think the Kia Nero is very underrated. Um, I like the Nero because right now you can get it in three different models. You can get a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid, and a full EV. Yep. Um, I, I think that people aren't really sure what it is. Like, is it a hatchback? Is it a crossover? Um, it only comes with a front-wheel drive. That's definitely hurt sales here. I think so, but... I, I still it's believe so you don't good. need all-wheel drive. And so and I think that's why the Nero is so underrated. I should also talk, I just drove the EV uh, and I averaged 15 le uh, kilowatt hours, sorry, per 100 kilometers. So, you know, when you look at a gas-powered car and, and the, you know, you're burning however many liters per 100 kilometers. In an EV, you can do the same calculation and say, this is how many kilowatt hours of the battery pack you're burning for every 100 kilometers you travel. It is officially rated for 18.6 combined. Wow. And I drove like a ton of highway. and Which I, is typically a lot less efficient. Yeah, for an EV. Yeah. And I averaged 15. I was blown away. That's insane because I was just driving the Toyota BZ4X, which yes. has the worst name ever. Yes, it does. But I was getting like 19 or 20 and I was like, wow, that's so good. And then you were over here getting 15 with no effort at all. Literally none. I was just doing my normal stuff. Also, just taking a step back to what you just said about the BZ4X being the worst name ever. Is it worse than the Alfa Romeo Tonale? Otherwise, when you read it, you're like, oh, this is the Alfa Romeo toenail. The toenail, yeah. That's a bad name. It's bad for a North American audience. Of course. Because, like, nobody knows what that means in Italian. And toenail. no one will actually go, tonale. No one will actually say it like that. It's a toenail. Very, uh, not very thought out decision. It's very from bad. Alfa Romeo. It's funny because we've we've had this discussion with, with some of our contributors um, who are French. And they've talked about vehicle names and we ran a story a couple years ago about vehicle names that were changed because the french you know they either didn't translate well yeah. or the actual word in was french like something was offensive. like yeah so um that i understand you know alpha is like really big into its heritage and and spreading that but like yeah to me it just doesn't because when you just read it it toenail. just it's toenail and it's phonetically it gives it's toenail. the, the heebie-jeebies yeah the i mean their other names are beautiful like julia what a beautiful name for a car right yeah. 
Yeah. I like yeah. that. What Stelvio. a beautiful name for a car. Stelvio. Also yeah. a great name. Yeah. Toenail, not into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, But Alfa Romeos aren't underappreciated, are they? No, I think they're like, well, I think Alphas are cool. I think there's like a cachet and like that, you know, whether it's the Italian thing or not, there's like a certain like, you know. They drive very beautifully. Yes. But they're, but they're just like, you know, they're. There's something they're fussy. A little bit problematic. Yeah, yeah they're fussy, be, and they always have kind them. about. Didn't it. your dad just recently buy an old Alfa? He did. He bought yeah. a 1993 Alfa Romeo Spider. He found it on Auto Trader actually. Um, and Smart man. Uh, he hasn't been able to drive it yet because, of course, it has oil leaks that they have to fix. But um, it's bright yellow. It only had like two owners. It has like sixty thousand kilometers. It was beautiful. Yeah, they're cool. I, um, I've always liked them, but yeah, it's a bold choice to buy. I would. I'll tell you this. I would lease a new Alfa Romeo. Yeah. I would not finance one. That's probably a wise decision. <laughs> like, It'll be just, in the shop most of the time. Yeah. Um, Speaking of cars that you can lease and not buy, how about hydrogen cars? There's underappreciated. Okay, I can see that. So. Hydrogen cars, in theory, very smart idea. They're you genius. Know? They're, you, hydrogen only takes like five minutes to fill up a tank, so equal to gas. Um, it, its only emissions is water. Yeah, it's literally so it's like very water clean. vapor coming out of the tailpipe. So, but, but the downside is that there are no refueling stations. Basically, there, I think there's like three in the whole country or something. There's, I think it's, in fairness, I think it's six. Okay, <laughs> <But> well. <laughs> it's something crazy like... You know, one of them is in the Metro Vancouver area. Four of them are on Vancouver Island. And then there's one in Quebec. Those are the only... Pu- yeah. Now, there are some commercial hydrogen fueling stations and there are hydrogen-powered trucks out there that you can that you can get. But from a... You know, if you're looking at personal vehicles, publicly accessible hydrogen stations that have the proper connector and you can fill and pay for what you've used yeah there's only like six of these stations and that also means that there's only currently two hydrogen fuel cell vehicles that you can buy the hyundai nexo and the toyota mirai and for a while you couldn't i think the mirai you've always been able to buy but i think the nexo at first you could only lease it yeah uh so it was only available to residents of bc and it was a lease only and now you can buy them, but still there's just no infrastructure, which means they're underappreciated kind of by default. Yeah, they'll they'll never take off because it's already too late, I think. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. It's a big bummer because I really would love to see hydrogen, you know, take yeah. the lead over electric vehicles well, because it has all the benefits of an electric vehicle and very few of the downsides which yeah. is the long charging times yeah. right um but also the infrastructure is just non-existent so it will just never yeah. happen it's a big and and the same apparently is is true to a lesser extent but it's true in the u.s as well like california there's a bunch of hydrogen fueling stations but like you know between the western and eastern coast like you're not you know, it's not like you're going to find one in like Nebraska, you know, so it, it does become really tricky, but I think, yeah, they're underappreciated because nobody has a chance to appreciate them. That's yeah. Well said. Um, here's something more fun. 
Cadillac CT5V Blackwing. What a car. Before the Toyota Crown, you thought this car was the best car you'd driven all year. Was that this year? I think it was this wow, year. Or we might have been late last year. Well, either way, it is a really good car. Okay, so this vehicle is a, what, supercharged V8 rear-wheel drive, uh, manual transmission, yep. beast of a car. It's amazing. And it's super, like... It's affordable. Now, I don't yes. want to say, like, it's it's not like... For what it grand. is. It's something like, I think now this year, it's, it's let's say, mid-80s um, to start. And, of course, you can add some packages and stuff. Yeah. But, like, if you take a look at a comparable BMW, like an M5, M5 competition, it is, like, tens of thousands of dollars less for something that is, like, has so much personality and just, like, when you're... You know, as Jody would like to say, it turns you into a real ghoul. Ooh, spooky, spooky. <laughs> Anyways, no, it's it's a uh, it's a real weapon. It's a it's a just a rocket ship and a and, delight to drive. Oh man, so it's engaging so good. on I, like all yeah. different levels too. Yeah, um, and it's very luxurious inside, yeah. which was great. Um, and it's very special. It has a certain amount of prestige, but it doesn't get enough love like i don't think i've ever seen one in the wild i've seen a couple yeah. i like the subtlety of that too though it's a sleeper, like because you don't know it's capable of so much yeah, if you're just looking at it you have to like know and i remember the one that i reviewed i was like sort of i don't say bummed but when i when i saw the build sheet and i was like oh man another black sedan as a press car i'm like this i just you know you kind of want something colorful and fun but it came together so well with the carbon fiber packages that so were added sinister. and the bronze wheels and the matching brake calipers like everything about it was was really really awesome yeah um but it's underappreciated again kind of sort of like hydrogen cars like kind of by default because it's like who is going like oh i've got 90 grand to toss around and, and i can buy some right? yeah exactly yeah. it's probably somebody's like third car yeah. But man, it's so good. And like guaranteed that's going to be a collectible one yes. day. And then another one that I drove, you know, recently-ish and was like not enough people know about this um, is the Mercedes E450 All-Terrain. Oh, the wagon. Which is a wagon. It's like, you know, the all-road from Audi where it's like a little bit... Think about it like this, to put it in, in kind of mainstream terms. It's Mercedes version of a Subaru Outback is the best way to yep. put it. Yep. So you get all of that extra capability and ground clearance and body cladding, which will protect you out on the trails, but also like very luxurious, very comfortable it's ride. It's so good. Yeah. And it's... So the, the kind of... The current version of it has... Uh, an inline six with a mild hybrid system. So it's like a silky smooth powertrain. Uh, but that is one of those cars where I think, oh, and you can, it also comes with um, whatever you want to call them, but like jump seats in the back, like the reverse <gasps> facing. Really? Yeah. So it's like super cool. So it, it's kind of, if you don't need a three row all the time, but every once in a while, I don't know, you bring some like your, your kids buddies to the movies or something like that. They can they sit in the back backwards? and they get to face out the back window. Like it's a super oh my cool vehicle. God. I, my best friend growing up, uh, their family had a Ford Taurus Taurus wagon with the jump seats. And every time I got to ride in those jump seats, it was like the best day ever. Yeah, It's super cool. So I, I I'm so surprised to learn that the e-class still has yeah. that that is so cool yeah so that is one, and i am going to say something bold before we get to our our uh question here our ask an expert don't get me wrong the amg version of the e-class wagon is super cool the all-terrain is cooler 
Boom. Boom. Mic I drop. I mean, it's a lot more practical. Yeah. And probably more efficient. And just like, I don't know, there's something cool about it. Like, because you can buy, like, I don't know, the Audi RS6, for example, you know, is is out there. And yeah, Audi makes the all-road of the A4 and the A6. But there's just something about the E450 all-terrain that kind of stands above the rest. Yeah, and it's classy I too. think it's super cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, before our Ask an Expert, here is a message from our friends at AutoTrader. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. Today's Ask an Expert question comes from Rudy. Hello Rudy. Hi experts, I have a motorhome and I've been towing a car for about 10 years now. It is getting older and starting to wear out. I'm trying to find a replacement, but I do not want to spend money on a new vehicle. I have a 36-foot RV and a gas V10 Ford engine, so I don't want to tow too much weight. What would you recommend? So, Rudy, you're looking for something small, fuel-efficient, and light that you can tow and do some quick runs into town while you're out with your RV. And it has to be used and, and affordable. It, and it has to be a Nissan Micra. I really think Great that's choice. my genuine recommendation um it's good because it's front wheel drive so if you want to you know just use a dolly great you can throw those under the front wheels and the rear wheels will just spin freely um if you want to put it on a trailer or inside an enclosed trailer it's a small car but it's really good very light super yeah. efficient and they were you know brand they don't sell them anymore nissan doesn't sell it anymore but um it was affordable when it was new Yes, prices are, you know, higher than they once were, but still, if you're looking for just a cheap, easy, I think it's kind of the perfect car to slap on the back of an RV yeah. and cruise around. Perfect. I love that answer. Yeah. I love the Micra. What an underrated vehicle. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a way to bring this episode full circle. <laughs> Thank you, Rudy, so much for your question. If any of you have questions you would like to ask Dan or I, you can email us at expert at trader.ca. Uh, and that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us and drive safe and we'll see you next time. Bye.